I'm Jake Mansell with HJ Sports, and today we're going to go over our new sites within the Tetra line for 2022. So new for 2022, we actually came out with a new way to mount your scope housing to the infinite adjust bracket. No longer do you have to worry about your vertical adjustments uh, intertwining with the second axis adjustments. So as you'll see on the scope housing, uh, there's actually an additional brick. You can either mount that to the inside of the riser or to the outside of the riser. We recommend that for most traditional bows, you mount that to the inside of the riser and for any sort of sight that you're gonna mount in line with the bow to use the outside. Just flip that around um, and mount it to the outside of the riser. So within each of the product categories, we have the Tetra Max, the Tetra, and then the Tetra LT. As always, our Tetra line of sights come in four different scope housing size options, an inch and three eighths, an inch and five eighths, an inch and three quarters, and then also our four pin housing, which is an inch and three quarters. We also offer a 10 thousandths pin and a 19 thousandths pin for both single pin and four pin options. On the Tetra itself, we once again have micro adjustments as well as your macro gain adjustments for left and right. For your vertical adjustments on your Tetra bow sight, you'll want to use the screw right here on the infinite adjust rail and the screw below that. You'll just loosen those and slide it up and down. Another key feature on the 2022 Tetra bow sight is the integrated scope ring that has a built-in level. Another key feature on the 2022 Tetra site is the ability to take a 2500 blue burst light. This is an added on accessory, but you can actually put that on there to add light to your pin or to reduce light. With that, we also have mechanical rheostat, which is an exclusive feature to HHA on the Tetra line. You'll be able to turn in the rheostat if you want to dim the light, and then you'll also be able to turn it out if you want to let more light in. Also on our 2022 Tetra line bow sights, the Tetra comes in either a fixed frame, our Hunter Edition frame, or it comes on a four to eight inch adjustable dovetail. All HHA products are 100% made and sourced in the USA, and they carry a 100% lifetime warranty. For any more questions, please visit our website at www.hjsports.com. Hello, we're at the BATA show at uh, Veteran Innovative Products, uh, an all-American made and manufactured broadhead. So we've got a new one for 2020 called the Combat Veteran 4-Blade. As you can see, 4-Blades got a lot of the same high-quality materials we used with our original 2-Blade Veteran, but the Combat Veteran has a different deployment system. How it deploys is you just squeeze a little bit on your main blades, okay, those compress, and then the broadhead opens. It still has our momentum management compressible blade technology. So the cutting diameter is inch and a quarter by two inches on this when deployed. Uh, in flight, it's one inch by inch and a quarter. Another feature we added this year with these heads uh, is that you can exchange the bone breaching field point tip with a 125 grain setup if you would like. So swap the tip out, get you 125 grains instead of 100, which is big with those Western hunters. And then it's really simple to lock back in place roll those blades up and then it's a click and another click on the other side it's completely set in will not prematurely deploy will not rattle free solid containment 100 percent deployment every time so we've made a lot of good adjustments and refinements to it to make sure that it's guaranteed to deploy every single time so that's what's new for vip this year
Welcome back, guys. This podcast is brought to you by RPG Coffee Company, a veteran-owned and operated socially responsible coffee company born to support members of the military, law enforcement, and firefighting communities by donating 50% of their profits. The true secret to living is giving. And don't forget to join the RPG Coffee Club today. Don't wait until you run out. Stay ready to rock by having RPG Coffee delivered straight to your door each month with our coffee club. folks thank you for tuning into another episode of bucks america podcast i'm your host jeff Fanso. i have cameron stover and we're going to be talking about the ata show which is going to be literally next week but also we're going to catch up because he's had a very eventful season i mean your your bonus son got a got it what two bucks right or was it or was it one yep, buck? He, two, he killed right? his first two bucks so he's never killed a deer until this year and he was lucky enough to kill one in West Virginia and one in Ohio. Oh, that's fantastic. I mean, he's got two states. He's got he's more accomplished than I am right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's doing good. Well, it's the nice thing about being a kid though. It's like you have that flexibility doing when you're when you have a adulting to to do, it's like you're not able to get everything you want done. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I wish I was hunting every state, not just one or two. So Ain't that uh, the truth. He's had a fun season. Yeah, exactly. So how was his uh, first experience with, because he shot the first one in Virginia, correct? Uh, West Virginia. So West Virginia. we live right on the Ohio River. So we're from West Virginia, but we live in Ohio. And his first experience was in hunting at all was last year. And he got to watch me shoot a full velvet buck in West Virginia. And this yeah. year in the same area, he got to actually harvest a buck. So it was, it worked out pretty good. It was, it was a really cool hunt. Um, and he was pretty tickled. I mean, it was something that I think he had an interest in prior to. He'd been done a little bit of squirrel hunting, but he had never really had an opportunity to deer hunt. I mean, he's only 10 for, for starters. Um, but he took a liking to it pretty quick. The biggest thing we did was buy a crossbow. And coming from a bow-only county in southern West Virginia, I, I grew up like anti-crossbow um, for a little bit. And, I, yeah. and that's more like a a bad thing to say, but like, as I've gotten older and understand like the benefits of that, like I was all in when I had an opportunity to take my own bonus on, on, I went and bought a crossbow. I went, went and bought a bog death grip tripod. That way we could be steady and sure when it was time to take the shot and it increased his confidence level that he could kill a deer when he pulled the trigger. And I had the confidence in him that it he could do, do and perform the job necessary. That's beautiful, man. That's awesome that he did. So then, with his experience and so like you know you were going through the whole process on setting him up right yeah so we went start from finish bro so setting the crossbow up from day one he got to watch me slide it in how so, quick and um, easy that was we're getting some feedback in in, in uh in uh ig turn your volume down on your phone because people are hearing the echo okay okay uh, it, it just keeps popping back up it won't silence all the way yeah, what you could do too is you can always go in and mute the microphone. I believe that's what able to get mine to work too. All right, somebody give us some feedback how that worked. Oh, I bet that's how it did it. You got it, you think you got it to work? Uh, I know I muted Instagram on my or my phone, so I may not. They may not be able to hear me other than the feedback coming through from your end. So that should work. I think so too. I'm hoping so. Yeah. Good. 
Yeah, so I'm waiting for other people to, to give us the feedback on that. Um, getting back to my question about your son and stuff like that. So did you guys do a morning set for like, how does he prefer to hunt? Does he prefer a morning or an afternoon hunt? So he's scared of the dark. So luckily, like we didn't have a whole lot of hunts prior to this. So I've been, I've exposed him a little bit through squirrel hunting, like in turkey season. So this year yes. I, I learned that early season in turkey hunting. Uh, he went with me and he was locked onto my arm and wanted to have a flashlight every step of the way. And just kind of getting him over that fear of the dark was a big hurdle. And we're not there yet. Uh, but like it's a, at the end of the day, he wants to be out of, out of the tree, standing out of the blind and be going to the truck before it gets dark. So that's a major hurdle uh, that we're still dealing with. But luckily um, on this particular hunt, like we didn't have to worry about that because he killed something. So we waited till dark and, Hey, actually, we didn't have to wait till dark. Um, we watched the deer drop, so it worked out pretty good on that side of it. Okay, well, that's fantastic. That all worked out. Then, so how did your hunt go in in Kentucky? Uh, well, my it was Ohio, so oh, Ohio, Ohio season. Um, it went pretty. It was it was one of those situations like late season because he just killed it here in the last few weeks, and we basically put we were hunting over bait. He wanted to go bait this particular farm that I've got leased up, and I didn't want to go. We went in after dark because he wanted to ride the four-wheeler, and I did not. I wanted to go home. We went to, like, three different properties prior to that, putting different bait piles out for him. And then I, he had knew the, this particular property, and he's like, I want to go there, too. And I was like, it's cold. Let's go home. And he he okay. kept twisting the arm. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's go. Because <laughs> it's the longest four-wheeler ride, and that's all he cared about, really. So we go and get it baited and sure enough, like buck after buck starts showing up on that camera and I signed him out of school early. Um, I asked his mom and I was like, Hey, do you care if I sign him out of school early so we can hunt this evening? She's like, okay. Hey, that's a terrible idea. You can't do that. So I went, okay. So I signed him out of school early. <laughs> the long story short, I did it anyways. And uh, because we had a pattern, we knew what was going coming and going. And basically it was, we had to beat the deer in and we snuck in um, I had a, I didn't, couldn't come home for him to take a scent free shower. Cause I'm, I'm a, I'm a little anal about the scent free and stuff like that. Whereas some sure. people aren't. So we stopped at my mom's house on the way, let him take a scent free shower, hopped in a truck, jumped on the four wheeler, made it to the blind just in time, uh, got set up. And this ground blind is, it's not really a blind. It has no top on it. Okay. It's ripped all the pieces. The whole front is ripped out. So he gets there and he's like, what is this? Like, you have a ton of ground blinds. Why are we hunting this? So everything he'd seen was new and fancy and pretty. And this thing is just ripped and ragged. I said, listen, it's been here for two years. I said, I killed a buck out of it a few years ago. I said, and I think we're going to kill one this evening. So um, on the way to, I forgot this. This was the fun part. So both bucks he killed, he did his homework, either going to the tree stand to hunt or he did it on the drive there or in Smart. or there. We were actually practicing math um, the day that he killed his first buck. I got downloaded a, a fifth grade map, math app on my phone so we could go through fractions and all that. So both days that he killed bucks were focused around school and homework during the hunt. So that was pretty neat. Like both of those, like still focused on school and still keeping his attention on the hunt as well. So that's a cool little uh, thing that worked out for the both of us on that side of it but we set up on the Ohio side of it and it didn't take long we started seeing deer he fell asleep so 
he's sitting in these nice little comfy ground ground blind chair. And, yeah. Uh, I wake him up and I said, "Here's a buck." He's like, "Where?" I'm like, "Get on the crossbow." So he gets on the crossbow. It steps out. It, he shoots it. It it falls over basically in sight. And that was the hunt. Like I made him wait till dark because I was hoping one would show up that I could shoot, and that never happened. But um, it ended up being a, a hundred about a hundred and twenty inch eleven point. Beautiful deer, three and a half year old deer, had uh, just a beautiful little rack. Um, and the deer that he killed in West Virginia was actually an older deer, four and a half year old deer. And it has a really unique um, right side. It looks kind of like a little miniature elk antler. Uh, it's really, really deformed, a lot more mature deer. Uh, it was a very cool hunt on that one as well, because we had a real bad wind direction and we chanced it, uh, put out a little bit of calming scent. And deer after deer showed up. And once there's a couple deer in the field, all the other deer feel comfortable. So they don't come in with their guard up. And that's exactly what that buck did. He kept East walk straight out of the wood line, directly in the middle of the field. And he was dead before he knew it. Oh, perfect. You can't ask for a better scenario like that, Neil. So you now with your calming spray, did you, is it a spray? Is it a gel? It's basically just some kind of basically like deer urine or something like that. Raw makes it and they call it a calming scent, but it, to me, it just smells like deer pee, but they market different types of extra scent and stuff like that. But man, I have had a ton of success with that stuff. Not necessarily like on scrapes or anything like that, just using it kind of like a cover scent. Um, and I'm not the only person that's had it. I was actually turned on to it by a hunting buddy. And we've all probably got scents if it's legal to utilize in your area that you're comfortable with. Uh, but I've I've really enjoyed that calming scent. I've used a lot of deer urines and extra scents, but that calming scent that Raw makes is something different. Uh, maybe it's a confidence thing, like throwing your favorite fishing lure. Um, you're going to cast it more. You're going to put it in more places to catch more fish. Same scenario, potentially, For but sure. I know I've killed at least three bucks that I can think of with that calming scent out and covering me up on wind directions due to bad winds. Um, so if it helps, it helps. If it don't, it don't. If not, it's always part of my hunting arsenal when I go out in the woods. Oh, that's fantastic, man. I'm looking forward to getting back out here. We got, we got less than a month here where I'm hunting in Wisconsin to get a, to punch my tags. It's been like soon as Thanksgiving hits, it's nothing about gun seasons all the way up until the first of the year. And then after that, and it's open right back up. So this weekend I have nothing planned. I have, I have going to go out there from sun up to sundown and try to get myself a deer i got a few spots where i have i've seen bucks and does at so hopefully i'll be able to punch my tag because i've had a lot of good fun experiences but man i just couldn't not either they were too young or too far or, or just didn't have an accurate shot yeah that's my i've had a tough season like i've my first weekend in west virginia i killed a beautiful 10 point uh and and my bonus son was with me for that hunt since then, I've had a few bucks on camera, but I've not been able to get off work or something like that in order yeah. to capitalize on it. But right now, I've got tons of cell cams out. I have nothing mature right now on camera, and I'm I'm hoping that something shows up because I don't <clears throat> I don't have a whole lot of time left in the season because ATA shot shows stuff like that. Oh, you're going to shot show too? Yeah, first year. So, oh, that's and exciting. Me and my wife are going to Vegas for that one. So. Getting a booth, or are, you, are you are you are you a vendor then or nope not a vendor i'm just going there to basically market uh hunting gear deals and make new contacts so on the archery side of it i'm really feel familiar and comfortable with the brands and the products and um, everything that goes along with that but with the guns and the optics stuff like that i don't really have a whole lot of experience with 
Uh, so I'm looking to grow in that market because it's been so successful for my business. I would be shooting myself in the foot if I didn't do that. Oh yeah, I wouldn't. I would do it too. I know uh, my friends from uh, RPG, Real People Giving Coffee. They're going to be there. They usually part. They usually set up their booth right next to the John Wick uh, Vault Company. I can't remember the, the name of the company, but it's not Liberty Safes, but they they have developed a case that is that has a similar feel and design as if you were walking in the Continental. And the last two years, they've set it up there, and they get there will be. Uh, they've gotten a chance to meet like Chuck Liddell and a bunch of other celebrities that come through there. And I, last year we went live with them on scene there in the booth there for about a half hour or so. And it was a, it was a fun little conversation. Then I have another friend of mine, Al Quackenbush. He does um, the SoCal Bowhunter, uh, what's it, his uh, blog. And he's been on my podcast too. That was a three-hour podcast. We were talking about reloading, and that was an education. I mean, he's very thorough in his uh, practice of the process. But man, he is just wonderful guy to listen to and speak to. He'll be out there. He's gonna he's gonna be out there all week long, and he's get to go out there and shoot all the guns and test all the ammunition. He's been writing his blog for I don't know almost fifteen years. He's got quite a yeah. representation or. Uh, yeah, representation of himself, being able to go out there and write really good reviews and such. And he's just a downright guy. And if you have a chance to run past him, you can find him on Instagram and Facebook. You just type in Al Quackenbush or the SoCal Bowhunter and you'll be able to find him. But if you can run into him and talk to him, that would be a great person to do to talk to because it's like he writes reviews for products. He get uh, People will send him out stuff and they'll, he'll write very genuine stuff. So he would be a great asset to add to hunting gear deals or trucking yeah. gear deals or fishing. I don't know if he fishes is a whole lot but you know all the deal company.coms you have yep so i'm looking for some some writers right now um what i've figured out is it's not cheap i mean it's a it's an acquired uh skill and it's something that's like i wasn't prepared to pay people to write uh so i've done the the gear reviews and traded basically got free product for somebody in return for the gear reviews but i'm gonna have to bring in some content creators and stuff like that because what i've noticed in the last year, like I had a successful year the last year and this year was successful as well, as far as I'm concerned. But what I've noticed is like some of these bigger companies that I'm starting to compete with, like they're starting to mimic what I'm doing. And yeah, it makes you feel good. But at the end of the day, like there's only so you, you got two blog titles that are the same, like somebody's outweighs mine, usually uh, if it's got a bigger brand associated with it. So being creative and growing that. So the content creation on my end has got to pick up. And one thing that I did to boost that this year was I just quit my day job. You did. Congratulations. I know <laughs> yeah. on our last podcast, we were talking about that was your main goal was to become, make this your full-time gig. Yep. So I am on day two right now of being a unemployed or self-employed individual. Uh, I, st I stepped away. I, I gave my notice back in November and said, Hey, I need two months to get my feet on my, underneath me with my new business. Cause I bought another website. Um, we probably haven't talked about that one yet, but a lot of email so. marketing and stuff like that. It's got a little bit more expenses with it and it can be a lot, it can be a big asset to uh, companies out there. So I'm looking forward to promoting that at ATA and shot show and seeing what I can grow with that. And I'll actually be, I'll have my own booth at the great American outdoor show this year. So I've never done that. So that'll be fun. Now, where's, where's that? Is that the one in Pennsylvania or is yep. there? Oh man. Yep. So did you get a, you get a booth for all, was it 11 days? 
Yeah, the whole time. So I, I bought a rented Airbnb. I got a booth. Like what I don't have is anything to put in the booth yet. So I'm sitting there scrambling. Like I, I bought a sign. So I'm waiting for the sign to get here. But other than that, like I don't have that creative. I mean, my my office decor. Oh no, my <laughs> office decor is just deer. So like I'm not real creative when it comes to that side of things. So I may have to contract somebody to come help me set up a quality booth. Uh, but basically, I'm just there to promote hunting gear deals. I'm not selling anything. I'm going to do a big giveaway and do email signups. So make sure people get signed up on the daily deal email for hunting gear deals. And then I want to grow bucks, bulls, and bears, that email list as well. So I'll be combining those for a big giveaway. Well, this is this is what I'm just it just gave me inspiration. What you could do is go there with the green screen. That's it. Just go with the green screen. And what you could do is you can if, if people want to before or after the show or before they get burnt out, one of the people from the booze that you you support their product on one of your websites, you sit there and you have ask them to do like a three minute conversation. Like or sell yeah. your product and you could just do that. That could be your marketing right there because then you can easily take that video, transfer it and upload it on your social medias and stuff like that. But in the green screen, then you could you can drop their logo in their back there and you'll be set. Yeah, so I that's a great idea. It's, it's, like there's a ton of vendors there. Like yeah. I could just all day long just cycle people through and never even thought of that really. So Yeah, especially yeah. if you get yourself like did you buy yourself a new four uh, K camera? So I have one hanging up right here. It's a Canon R6 that was dropped out of the tree on the very first hunt of the season. Yeah, we talked about the last podcast, man. So unfortunately, my lazy butt did not send it off to Canon to get fixed. So what I did go go do, I got in in a little pinch and I was like, I'll go buy a new phone that's got a better quality camera on it. Yeah. I uh, didn't go with the Samsung with a hundred megapixel, hundred times zoom or whatever, but uh, okay. I did go buy a new iPhone, so that'll help with the photos. So we'll see how it goes. Well, the nice thing is with their camera lens, like you can record in a 4K format, and then you can go that route. But you just get yourself a tripod and just do it yeah. that way. I think that would be a good solution for you. it's low key, very low cost to, to 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 get it all set up, and you just go and buy yourself a green sh- sheet and call it good. Yeah. Didn't even think of that, but that, that's I love it. It was great. So buying a green screen. Yeah, because in this way, then you could be your first time doing it, and then you can get everybody, because then you can, the people I talked to you about that in the, just a moment ago, you can have them, hey, like, do you mind coming over and recording five minutes or ten minutes and stuff like that? And then you, by having people, like, you're talking to them, and if you're able to carry or project your voice, well, then people are going to slow it down. And it's like, what are these guys talking about? I want to hear. Because yeah. it's like when I was in uh, at uh, – not the Deer and Turkey Expo, but when I was at the uh, Open Seasons Expo there in the Dells, I was recording peak, uh, podcasts there. I did three or four there. And it was amazing how many people slowed down, stayed on the out, standing on the outside and just listening. Like I had Travis Bigger on my podcast. We're talking about Bigger Outdoors with his outfitter down there, and I also had Lucky Sevens there. It was amazing how many people decided to come around and just start listening to us. And then we, when we shut it off, it's like, hey, it's like I really like it. Like one, they, it created a Q&A after we shut off the microphone. Yeah, that makes sense. Like that's, that's fantastic. So I've good news is I've already got an exhibitor list so I could even schedule all this stuff out in advance. Oh yes, definitely. Just do an email blast and stuff like that. Schedule up your times and such like that. Oh dude, you got yourself set up and then you can set, uh, you can set up, you can link it to a, software that will just like hey these are all my times that i've blocked out do you think and you just set it up from blank to blank and you could do that and then you can also have pre-written questions so this way then you keep it straight to the point and you're able to explain them and do your elevator pitch yeah you're the man 
Yeah. Is it amazing though? It's like, I just thought of that. It's like, this would be perfect. It's low key, easy to set up and you can get a whole bunch of people coming in there before and after. Cause you know, it's, it, it's, it's, it's a fantastic idea, man. This is, this, I love, I'd love creating these, these simple little brainstorming sessions. Cause I look for the easiest way possible to do something basic, but then you could turn around like the next year, you could take these interviews and you can have these looping. Yeah. Yep, you could loop that or just keep rolling with it because you could be that guy that gives extra exposure to their brand and stuff like that. So, Oh, definitely. Yeah. I have a friend of mine, Doug uh, Gliverveen. He does a SmackDown Outdoor podcast, and he does live uh, the, the fishing show there in, in St. Paul. It's like one of the bigger ones in the area for ice yeah. fishing. And he brings guests on, and they talk about the products they bring to the show, whether it be new or, or repeating guests and stuff like that. And he, it's been a, he's been invited back every year since he did it, and it's been a very, uh, a, uh, what's what I'm looking for, successful experiment. Yeah, and I've got my podcast stuff set up here that I haven't unraveled yet, so maybe I need to play with it. There you go. Yeah, your 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 date. You're gonna be coming on to day three of a self-made or an entrepreneur. So there you go. Yeah, I, mean, then, I gotta wake, wake up again tomorrow, hopefully, and try something again. Definitely. Something again. The best part is too. It's like, uh, did did you purchase a editing software, or are you just gonna go with something free like Audacity? Uh, I've got the Photoshop or not Photoshop. I've got Adobe. Oh crap. Um, I think it's Adobe Premiere. Premiere, yeah, I think I've got Premiere. Okay, that's still a great software. It's it does have a steep learning curve on it, but the, I don't yeah. know how they have their tutorial videos on it. I've been recommending friends that are looking to get into podcasting start with Audacity because then you can it's all free. On top of the two, the uh, amount of tutorials that are available are all free too. You can go online, you can pull them up and stuff like that, how to tweak stuff. And it's just, it's a great entry way to do it. So this way you can cut your teeth on one project. And then when you make decide to go to the next level, you can go from there. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at right now. It's one of those things like I want to do, but at the end of the day, it's like, golly, it's a lot of time to, for something that's not generating money. Whereas I can invest that time creating content for my website. That's going to produce money for years. So definitely. And the I got to yeah. do it though. Yeah. And then and the best part is too, it's like when you do it, since you're getting into podcasting, this is going to help drive uh, um, traffic to your YouTube channel too, as well, by doing these conversations like this right here. Cause now it's like when we're doing this podcast, I usually typically will, cause the nice thing you can go into the chapters of after a video and you can actually go through and you can, uh, what's what I'm looking for. You can actually add the channel link to it. So this way then you can talk back and forth. So after the episode, they can click on the link. It'll take you over to yours. So this way, then it's just a way, a means of cross promotion. You can, uh, right now the algorithm has been liking the 10 to 15 second clips and just become consistent with that, with the whole process. And now there's the new algorithm may be changing here in quarter one for YouTube, where they'll be looking at the longer form conversation between three to five seconds, three to five minute, um, clips and such. Yeah, that's something I've got to get a lot better with. So I got invited to this, and I'm sure a bunch of people have, but I got an email the other day from Facebook that says, hey, we'll invite you to do the the professional stuff so you can get paid. So I got all excited. And I was like, hey, I know I got a friend that's done it, and they made a bunch of money. And I got to checking it out and stuff. I'm like, I'm not getting any more views. I was hoping they'd throw me into this algorithm and start boosting everything. So I put out a couple quick little videos to see if it would do anything, but I got to get more consistent with it and stepping away from the full-time job is going to allow me to do that. That is the biggest thing. I, um, I got a, there's a guy I follow on, in, on TikTok. Then he, he's been able to grow both of a couple of his channels up to a hundred thousand. Uh, one mm-hmm. was like 200 and some thousand or was like 300,000 people, but he's got, he's got a very, cons- uh, 
He's, he's, he breaks it all down and how you schedule it step by step, and he's just willing to give this information for free and such. And I've I've shared to um, a friend of mine that does uh, tactical outdoors. He it's a uh, grooming company for help people to get if they have a property and they want to get set up for whitetails. It's mm -hmm. what it all is. And I said him, hey, check this out. And he's been able to have really good success with his uh, business on so far and all that stuff because I've seen him implement a lot of that stuff. Yeah. To whether it be on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Yeah, I mean, I, I, even simply doing gear reviews through YouTube, like I haven't put any effort into that for the last couple of years. And that's something I want to set, get set up and started for this year is do some digital gear reviews to go, go along with the written gear reviews that I've been accustomed to doing for years. Oh, so certainly. The one thing I've learned with when I'm when I'm uh, rendering out my, my podcast via audio, make sure you have enough space in your hard drive. For some odd reason, it's like you will – uh, when you're when you have the main file, you're doing all the tweaks and stuff like that. And as it gets bigger and bigger, and before you condense it, it, it will skyrocket up to 30, 40 gigs for some odd reason. Maybe it's just one of the side effects of you uh, or Audacity. But that was one thing that I noticed with uh, Audacity. What I'm what I'm in the process of uh, adding and tweaking all that fun stuff is. Oh, you're out of memory. It's like what the French doors is going on here. So I had to be very mindful what I have on my hard drive. So I'm thinking my laptop that I'm currently talking to you, I need to go and actually upgrade that hard drive to a bigger one. So this way then I have that space. Cause right now I have a terabyte hard drive where I, whenever I'm done with something, I put it on there. So make sure, Oh, the biggest thing is make sure you buy like one or two additional terabyte hard drives. So this way you can back your stuff up because man, when you lose one, you're going to be sweating bullets and then you got the, they got the cameras that allow you to have the dual run dual sd or yeah, sd cards mm -hmm. that's something that you gotta pay attention to as well the cool thing is like i have a, a canon eos m200 yep. running for streaming 4k right now that's what i'm talking to you on right now and that's a fairly reasonable middle of the road if you're all you're looking to do is a is a, is a stream unit utility that's a good way to do it instead of having these big ones because you got to pay attention because streaming units get extremely hot uh, so that's where we have a, my, my other podcast with uh, Dosed After Dark. We actually have a separate uh, tower strictly designed for streaming because when we did everything through my laptop, because for some odd reason the tower decided to fail on us, is that it gets extremely hot. We're all, running all these processes and stuff like that. So you almost want to have a separate PC. You can do bare bones stuff like that, but it's like the biggest thing is like having a, a good video card, a good enough RAM, but you don't have to spend a whole lot on the CPU and stuff like that. Well, you do have to be mindful of that. I can always introduce to my buddy uh, Brady. He's a guru when it comes down to it. He's he uh, used to be used to work full time doing uh, used to have uh, Dose After Dark Gaming, uh, Dose After Dark Podcast, and then we also over or overdose crypto and stuff like that. So he's has all these different streams and he's monetized everything, several thousand followers on everything. So, but he's got the technology back uh, backing for it because he can always like go. He can always tell you to go on to Tiger Direct or uh, what's the other one that you can go to for getting good PCs. You got Fry's Electronics, and then there's another one. Oh, uh, was it Egg something? Oh, New Egg. Newegg, there you go. Because yeah. waiting on Newegg because they're going to be getting rid of all of their old stuff and they do these random flash sales, and that's a good way to pick up a streaming PC as well. Yeah, I mean, I've been running everything off this MacBook Pro that I've had for the last couple of years, and like honestly, that's been the best investment that I've made in my business is just getting a quality laptop. And that's true. something I overlooked forever because. I always work for somebody else and I got a free laptop. So I used to just run my business off my work laptop. 
And uh, Mike, with the previous owner of Hunting Gear Deals, he kept telling me, he's like, you got to buy your own laptop. And just, it don't have to be a nice one. I was like, "Ah, I'm good. I I got a nice laptop for work. And then uh, the company I was working for got bought out and I got laid off. And I was like, I got to have my own laptop now. (laughs) (laughs) That is so true. That is so true. So now, is this your first year going to ATA? No, I've been going for probably since 19-ish, 18-ish. Okay. Oh, so you've been going, well, it's, it's, it's close by you. So it makes sense. Like I'm yeah. here being in Wisconsin. It's like, that is a, that is a trip to plan around. I love it. I mean, I'm a gear guy. So for me to just go there and look at all the new hunting products, I was in thrill enthralled, just going. In fact, that was originally how I got involved with hunting gear deals. I was like, yeah, you can pay me. It sounds great. And I'll just take me to the ATA show. Cause I, it's a private event. You can't, not supposed to be able to get a ticket if you're not part of one of these brands or marketing side of it. Um, so I never got invited. And that's all I really wanted in the beginning was just an invitation to go to the ATA show. And I was just a kid in the candy store for year one, just looking at everything. And then year two, you get your business cap on, you start following around, making contacts and communicating and stuff like that. And then a couple of years into it, the ATA is offering classes and different marketing stuff. So like I'm getting involved with that stuff to try to learn more, to grow my business and schedule meetings with companies because they want to work with you and stuff like that. So like I've grown a lot just in the networking that I've been able to do there. Uh, And then the Badlands Film Festival is always a good time. I mean, it's really nice to hear everybody ooh and ah when they watch an arrow drop in into the rib cage of some big game animal or something like that. So you don't usually get that environment anywhere else other than at the ata show at that film festival that's what i've been kind of searching for is an invite because it's kind of like one of the one of the, the uh low-key and ambitions is to go to the ata show but it's like i haven't i haven't gotten an invite for it yet so i don't know i'm sure i could probably get a press pass i'm not I'm not 100 percent sure because uh, this is like come next year will be the first year to actually be able to financially be able to go and afford it and have the time off to do it yeah, do you have the time off this year? Like, is it something you could do this year? Uh, no, because I just started a new promotion, so I'm I'm currently in training for all that. So I I didn't uh, didn't have the P, the the PTO schedule off. If I would have put it in in November, I would be able to I'll be able to go with it with an invite without any issue. But uh, I didn't have any invites or anything, so it's like, well, I'm not going to push anything and then apply for a new position. So I've this week, I just started a new position working my new company where I'm where I'll be head of uh, mobile units and with uh, for, with uh, the VA because we do uh, my company I work for deals like I've mentioned this in the past where we do compensation and pension benefits. Now our mobile units allows us to open up units or put put these units in places that don't have the population center to be able to have veterans come in and uh, take care of the compensation and pension uh, exams and such for whether it be uh, an increase or the first time getting seen for that whole process. That's awesome, man. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'm 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 pretty appreciative of the whole process. I'm, my mind's been a little spent for the last two days. There's been a lot of information being thrown at me, but uh, everything will come through. The unique thing is there will be travel involved too, so we'll see where all that comes into play. Uh, most of the colleagues I've been talking to, not a whole lot of traveling, going to be involved with the with this particular branch of our our market manager uh, umbrella. So we'll see what all happens. Well, if you do get to travel, make sure you get the hotel rewards points. Yes. Take advantage of that to the fully, and if they'll let you pay for it on your own card, 
and you're responsible with credit cards, which I think you are, go ahead and get the credit card. So you'll get like 10 X points. Yes. And by the end of it, you'll be put, you'll have free vacations every year. So that's how mine's been set up for the last, I don't know, six, eight years. I've mm-hmm. had basically a free hotel stay wherever and whenever I want to go. And those hunting trips are a lot cheaper because of it. <laughs> Isn't that true? No, I was, we went over that to actually today and then we actually have a, a company card that we, that will be assigned to us. So I can still get the, I can still do all the bookings and get all those points like through Delta Hilton and so on and so forth. But that's it. I won't be able to use a credit card for that because everything, because I get a stipend per day for, for eating out and such. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame you. I mean, most people don't want to put that kind of money on their own card and stuff like that, but uh, you can still get those rewards points. They'll still stack up. They just don't stack up quite as fast. <laughs> That's exactly right. But it's, I'm just following the company policy and what they want to have done with all that. Oh, for sure. Yeah, because I've only been, uh, I think, uh, I've only been streaming here now for about three months or so, and but I've been running the same thing too. Is like not consistently posting, and it's weird on how it is. Like I was talking to my buddy Brady because he does all the YouTube postings for when it comes down to uh, to YouTube, and he d- and he does the quick ten to thirteen second videos, and he does them consistently at three o'clock, and we'll get. Oh, three to th- anywhere between five to seven thousand views and stuff like that. So we're we've been really cranking through there, and so it's just getting our watch time up because we're almost to a thousand followers or subscribers on that platform. There you go. Hey, it adds up, man. It doesn't take long, and then it just keeps escalating up and up and up. Mm-hmm. Get all these little revenue streams, and they start adding up. That's that, oh, we got somebody from uh, best regards from Tajikistan. So that's pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. What's up? That is the nice thing about being on Instagram, too. It's like we'll get random folks that drop in. And uh, since there's people on the stream here, make sure you go down and drop a like and a follow on my YouTube channel and also likewise with Cameron's here. So this way we and open up a tab so this way we can get our streaming hours up so we can get uh, monetized because that is the goal for 2023. There you go. Set those goals early and you can work to achieve them. Oh, yes, that's exactly right. Now, with ATA, are you, are you opening up a booth or are you just going up there because of – yeah, I don't have a booth, so like I, I don't think I could afford to have a booth. Like a lot of the companies are backing out of ATA show and stuff because it's so expensive just to be. Really, there. what is the price tag on a booth? I I've heard six figures for some of the bow brands like Matthews and Hoy and stuff like that. That was wow. the pre-COVID numbers. So, what's the truth behind it? I don't know. Um, but at the end of the day, like some companies don't have to go there. Like you're, if I'm a dealer, like I know what brands I already want. Um, now I want, if I'm a new brand, of course I want to go check, I want to go put my product in front of you. But if I was a Matthews or a Hoyt or something like that, you're coming to me. I don't have to go to you and try to convince you to buy my product. You're coming because I've got a huge share of the market and then you want to capitalize on it with your business. So it doesn't really make sense for those big brands to be there. And when that happens, it opens up the floor to new smaller companies and hopefully will make things more affordable. Uh, so like companies like VIP Archery, they don't have to keep investing thousands and thousands of dollars each year. Maybe that price will kind of drop down a little bit and that'll kind of help them out as well. Like those guys, I've watched them grow, even their logo designs, stuff like that. Like they've made leaps and bounds from when they first started going to ATA to where they were at the last pre-COVID year. Oh, yeah. they've uh, Matt's been doing a great job. Matt and Cindy, the, the founder founders of the uh, – the whole uh, brand and such. And 
he's he's just, like I've had him on my podcast several times, and he's a self-taught aerodynamic engineer. So he, wow. you know, he's one of those type of guys. You or he's he's a living proof that if you put your mind to it, you can accomplish pretty much anything. And he's uh, part of the older generation where the cell phone is not his. Uh, what's what I'm looking for? No, he's he's not he's not drawn to it. He's he's wants to be tinkering, wants to be doing with himself with his hands and stuff like that. Being able to be more proactive with it. That's what uh, it's a it's a different type of atmosphere between the different generations, between the ones that are always on their phones to the newer to the older ones where they want to tinker and do stuff with it, but also still have to be connected to society. Yeah, I mean my phone. I mean, my, it doesn't leave my hip, and it's been like that ingrained in me with my real job and stuff like that. But now I can pick up my phone and run a business. I can log into the back end of my website and start posting deals from the tree stand. So it works out pretty good. Yeah, I know. I was on there today. I was just, just on there today talking, uh, looking at uh, trail cameras. Like you got the, um, oh, what is it? What's the top? I can't remember. <clears throat> This is it Bushnell? I think it's a Bushnell is a, the number one deal that you have on top there. And, and then wild, wild, wild game cameras and a bunch of other ones too there. So I, I'm always, I'm like usually on there about once a day looking for good deals. Cause this, this past Christmas, man, I couldn't believe like the price tag that some of these guys were giving for their, their 45 uh, pistols, like 300 bucks for a 45 Cal. Yeah. I mean, I was really impressed with prices this year. Like last year, people didn't really want to come down. Like the sales just weren't as good. So I was kind of expecting that trend to continue, but like black Friday and like post, postseason sales like they've been really good like some of the best prices that i've seen from major retailers like kuyu like the biggest sale they ever had was this year so like i've been really impressed like i expected a big drop in the market like but it's been pretty good like looking at the trail cameras and stuff like right now one of my buddies actually texted me is like hey man we're looking to buy some uh non-cellular trail cameras can you help so I spent all morning looking for trail camera deals through all the different affiliate companies that I've got. And I've got posts scheduled. I'm looking at right now, there's 16, there's 25 trail cameras basically popping up in the next week because I can schedule those out as long as those deals stay active. But some of them are really good. Some of them are like $40, $50 off. Some of them are 25 bucks for a camera. So if you want to buy a bunch of burner cameras, now's a really good time because uh, okay. everybody's got something on sale. And if you want to buy some the higher end stuff right now, it's probably not the best time um, until they get the new product launches starting at the ATA show. And uh, the smarter, larger retailers will start getting rid of stuff now because you'll start seeing them discontinuing stuff. Oh yeah, definitely. Like even if you go on to like Lancaster Archery, they're going through and getting rid of all their old bows and stuff like. So if you want to pick up yeah. one of their nice new, one of their last year models of Hoyts or Elite or PSC or Bowtech, they're 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 some of them are dropped anywhere between two to three hundred dollars off the bow. Uh, I know some of the Hoyt um, competition bows, some of them are almost five hundred dollars off. Yeah, I mean, there's a markup on that side of it. So like. And at the end of the day, nobody's buying a brand new bow that was last year's model for the same price as this year's model. For sure. So you have you have to sell those closeouts. The only problem is when you're dealing with companies that have MSRPs without their permission, you can't move that product. So Lancaster, when they're doing online, some of these online sales with bows get real difficult. Um, it's easy to sell those to inside a shop when nobody's looking and drop the price, like, or I'll throw in free product. To, in order to make sure that they know that I'm selling this product for a certain price. So you can wheel and deal there, but 
when you get some stuff online, it, it makes it a little bit more difficult sometimes because of the MSRPs. I know uh, back in Black during Black Friday, I got in trouble. I got my hand slapped from one of my affiliates because they had a 20% off coupon code for everything on their website. Well, when I'm looking at products that don't go on sale, like HHA, Carter releases, tethered stuff, all this stuff that you can save 20% off. They can't, you can't sit there and say like, here's a 20% off coupon for this product. Cause it's not the way it's marketed, but here's a 20% off site-wide coupon code. And they actually could sell some high-end saddle hunting gear, high-end archery sites, stuff like that. So you got to be really careful with online sales because you can lose uh, that product in your inventory. So even me on my end, when I'm promoting that, like I've got to be courteous of who I work with in order to promote those sales. And uh, I sometimes get ahead of myself and I'm like, whoever gets a 20% off coupon code to buy a quarter release, it never happens. So like really? that was huge for me. Like I was wanting to pump stuff like that and it didn't take long for me to get my hands like <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't know until you try and, and that's the worst part but at least it's like it's just one of those common courtesies at least the hopefully the, the next time they're gonna be rolling this stuff out it's like give me a heads up please or an email to prepare for it yeah they they, they did they talked to me about it <laughs> they changed <laughs> the policy like the next day it's like oh here's the new policy i'm like i'm the guy i'm i mean i'm the guy for the safety meeting i'm the reason why we're having it so i've been there Oh, that's funny how that all works out. So with your goal, behind, so when you go to ATA, then since you've been there going for so many years, then is this a networking thing for you for this year? Or is this going to be trying to get people to uh, like looking for content creators? So for, for me, my first goal is I go straight to the new product area. Okay. So I want to know what is going to be new to hit the market. So I'll run through and they, they kind of showcase all this together in one spot. So I'll run through that area and I'll start video and taking photos of these products. And if thing, there's some things like some of the trail cameras, I mean, it's the same pro camera they had last year. It's just in a different camouflage pattern or something like that. Arrows, yeah. like there's not a huge change in technology, but occasionally you see a product and you're like, A, why didn't I think of that? Or B, that's really cool. That's different. I want to go look for that product or that company. Or you see new brands and you start seeking those out. And then the next side of that, once you get through the new facets of the industry, once hitting the market, you move over towards networking with the marketing departments. So with me, if I'm going up to your booth, <clears throat> I'm going to, okay, who handles your marketing? Uh, that way I can talk to them. Like Hunting Gear Deals can offer you this. I have this kind of email following. I have this kind of website traffic. Um, can we work together? And I don't sit there and try to give a big speech. I'm basically exchanging information and then I'll shoot you an email later on because it is tough. Cause if there's for every one of me, there's 10 more people trying to do the same. And it's hard to believe somebody when they're looking you eye to eye and say, Oh, you can really do that for me. And you can sell this product for us. Great. Here's a freebie. People don't do that. So I go back and I send analytics in and say, this is what I feel comfortable with and promoting and things like that. And there's some products and companies out there that I, I just avoid because I don't want to necessarily promote those products or things like that. So once you're there and you can get your hands on it, you can kind of recognize like, yeah, that, that brand's not going to be around forever. So I'm just going to stay away from them. Yeah. I gotcha. We ran into, you can see that when you go into the, uh, 
those, those, those expos and such and what they're going to be like, you kind of get gauge and like, is a product going to really going to take off? Like I was talking to my buddy, um, Jeremy Fisher who runs a toxin app and he's not going to the, to the ATA this year. Oh, as far as I know, he's not going, but because uh, he just is trying to get, uh, just trying to keep everything at home, but he makes the toxin app and that's all that, all that is, is just a place where people can go and download the app and it's, is driving force to put boots in shops and to get um, people at the fields, the archery events, stuff like that. And he's been growing it national, nationwide, and he's got a beautiful vision for it. But uh, him and I were discussing about the price tag of bows, like because you have Hoyt, and uh, yep. what is it? Hoyt came out with a two thousand dollar bow. Expedition just dropped their bows yesterday. They have came out with a two thousand dollar bow, and it's almost it's almost like they're driving force driving sales to, to crossbows because when you look at that two thousand dollar price tag and you add in a site a stabilizers you release now I'm, I'm talking brand new looking to get into it buying everything for the first time you're looking at over three thousand dollars because you're not going to buy cheap arrows and stuff like that and right. for, for us we've been hunting for a while so it's like well i'm just going to transfer these accessories to this one but there are guys out there that will buy a brand new setup for that particular bow and it gets expensive man where you can go and pick up a crossbow a reasonable one for a thousand bucks and walk yep. right out sighted in few bolts and you're ready to go hunting where archery it's like you it's a whole discipline but man it's like that's a lot of money coming through even in, in like nobody wants to go at the true girl site because nobody wants a cheap chinese stuff and it's just we want quality over quantity no, you're exactly right. And like the ATA show provides me that opportunity to go look for those products and to shoot those bows. So like say I've got a brand new top of the line carbon bow and I've got a, a aluminum riser bow. It's got all the same components on it. The only thing different is the riser. Mm-hmm. So what are my benefits of carbon over aluminum? Warmth and a little bit of weight. That's about, and supposedly the strength of the bow. I mean, and you're seeing carbon bows hit from elite PSE's got a carbon bow, and mm-hmm. who knows who else is going to have one at the ATA yeah. show. Bowtech has a one. Expedition yeah. has one, but they're sixteen hundred bucks, man. It's like yeah. you buy one HJ site, and you're putting yourself at at two grand right there for that one site. Absolutely, and you can really you can price yourself out of the market, but at the end of the day, like there's still people out there willing to pay for it. So as people mm-hmm. continue to pay for it, bows are not something that you need every year. No, they don't. Like, uh, I can't tell you the last time, like, I was that guy. I was buying two, three bows every year, brand new. Like, I brought, I think one year, I think I bought four brand new Hoyts. Two or three. Wow. Two or three of them were carbon. I bought one for somebody else. Like, I had a ton of money in bows. But I was that guy. Like, I had to have the newest and greatest. And as I've gotten more experienced and it's not like there's, I'm still making money. Like it's not that I don't have the money to buy. It's like, why not just go buy last year's used model for 700 bucks. That's fully loaded, flip the accessories, make a couple hundred bucks, put my own accessories on it or continue to use what I've always had. Mm-hmm. I've got the same quiver for the last probably 10 years on the on the bow that I've used each and every year. Because it's, I bought something expensive, it lasts, and then I take care of it. But I have not chased that new bow feel, um, but I do have a new bow on the way. Which, um, what, did you, what did you decide with? So 
with the new company that I bought, it came with a partnership with Matthews and I picked up their new line. Oh, their uh, phase, their phase four. The, the new phase four. Um, so I've got one on the way that should be here right before the great American outdoor show. Sweet. So that is actually going to be the giveaway. One of the giveaways for the great American outdoor show. I'm going to give away one of those phase fours. Sweet. That's a beautiful, that's going to be a beautiful, you know, is it going to be fully loaded or are you at the, or the person that's getting it? Uh, unless somebody can do some networking or something like that. Um, it's probably going to be bare bow, but you never know. Somebody may want to come around and be like, I want to have my sight on that bow when you give it away. So it has some dual promotion because it's not tied to Matthews. They didn't say, Hey, give it away for this. It's, it's an earned product that I've already earned basically. So it's either I can accept payment or I can accept product. I needed the product for the giveaway for the attention on the booth. So that works out better in my favor. Uh, so that's where I'll be going with that. So the, the booth, you, is, you, did you do both for ATA or did you do both booth for SHOT Show? Great American Outdoor oh, Show. There we go. Sorry about that. I, it's been one of those days where I'm fried. So it's like I'm trying to keep everything straight. Now, for for uh, so speaking of that, what is a price tag? You don't have to divulge, but on average, was a price tag for the um, Great American Outdoor Show for all uh, was it eleven days this year, twelve days? Uh, I think my booth, and I got a small one. I got like the smallest booth you can get, but I got it in the right spot, and I think it was fifteen hundred bucks for the booth. Plus, you got to pay for either lodging, either hotel or Airbnb. I went cheap and got a two or three mile out single bedroom. Airbnb cost me like six or seven hundred bucks for that time frame, which I thought was a great deal. That's a great deal um, for, for for 10 or 11 days. Yeah. So once I get that side of it, I'll have money in the booth and that's in the product. So I bought a couple mannequins. So I'll have a, uh, a sick jacket and a sit and a Kuyu jacket. And that'll be like part of the giveaway as well. Get somebody pick whatever they want. Um, so just and at the end of the day, like, I just got to get my name out there. Correction, not my name, but the business and get, get it in front of more people. Like, honestly, if I could just send an email out to everybody that went to the show, I just assume do that rather than go to the show because I don't feel like it's worth my time, but I needed to take this gamble this year and see how it's going to shake out. Um, I will judge kind of judge that based off of, what I gather in emails. So mm-hmm. do an email sign up for the giveaway and go from there. Uh, really hadn't got very creative thinking about the green screen and working with actually companies there. Uh, so that's a new unique facet that could gain a lot of attention to the business that I hadn't even thought of. So I appreciate that. Yeah. You're welcome, man. Cause then you, those, that will be drive content for your Instagram, your Facebook, your YouTube, stuff like that. And you just, you just hashtag it properly and go from there. Um, I use TubeBuddy to help me with my SEO to try to optimize that. It's a free service, but the nice thing is like, if you see a video you like, and when you have it streaming, you'll actually display what they like their hashtags stuff like that. And, and what were they were how they all rank in the spectrum of stuff like that. Cause this way you're just being more and more efficient. So you're hitting those three to 4,000, and uh, views for a video. TubeBuddy for hashtags. I've yep. never heard of it. Yeah, TubeBuddy is something that my buddy used, and he told me about it, so I use it too as well. But the nice thing, when you go through it and you uh, click on a video, let me grab my... And the nice thing is the TubeBuddy will, is a... Uh, 
a, a plugin that you download and it will actually install on your browser and you're able to use um, keyword search for that aspect and all that and then you can learn on all the other let's see you get your analytics with it too seo studio uh tag lists it provides a lot of it, it provides some stuff for for free but you you, have, you can upgrade too as well to provide you more details on different things and I, it's just a great way to uh keep track of it like i like clicked into a video right now that uh, is uh tom mcdonald's ghost and it it brings up all the social media like it talks about how many likes he has on his facebook which is over a hundred some thousand upvotes how many subscriptions how many um subscribers does he have to his uh channel and how many views he has for his videos and stuff like that and it breaks all that fun stuff down and it also has a best practices look too where it talks about high risk and it, and it has one two three four seven different options on there so this way you're able to it shows you like if you hit all these things you're going to have a higher result for it and then it also tells you about how he tagged it as well hmm. so it's like it talks about tom mcdonald new song tom mcdonald reaction tom mcdonald fake woke and this is all or just all of his hashtags that he has in there and the nice thing is with the process with youtube it's limited to how many characters you have so because when he threw an m m m mgk token hospin like a whole bunch of different things that i wouldn't have ever thought about like upchurch adam calhoun and all these different uh, hashtags that he went with it and so that's the that's what TubeBuddy will do for you after you have it downloaded to your browser and they also have an app and such so they've done a really good job of uh what i'm looking for uh, advertising and streamline the whole process and such. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. I went to their website. I'll check it out and watch some videos on it once we get off here. Oh, for sure, man. Now with the SHOT Show, this, you said this is going to be your first one. I've only seen videos and stuff like that and, and things on it. I've, it's supposed to be epic. Are you going to, with the, to go out and test the new firearms, do you have to be invited for it? Uh, I don't know if I'll be doing any of the testing. It's more for that side of it. It's just going to be meeting companies. Okay. Uh, basically, I'm I'm just there for shock and awe. Like, it's going to take a while to get your bearings and then just start exchanging information, contact information with their marketing departments and then following up later on. Like, year one for a show like this, I'm not going to try to do too much. Like, if I was going to ATA show for the first year this year, I wouldn't be out there trying to shoot bows and stuff like that in my line of it same thing shot show i'm not going to go out there and try to shoot guns because i want to build relationships find a few companies you can't build a relationship with everybody but there's companies there like hawk optics and stuff like that that i know i can build a relationship vortex stuff like that that will help me in the long run and that's kind of where i'm at i'm looking for companies that i can work with long term <laughs> and starting to build that relationship put a face with a name sometimes from the emails and it's kind of just for fun. Like I'm not a gun guy. Um, I've got guns. I shoot guns. I literally just went to field and stream and bought a ton of ammo. <laughs> I see that. Yeah. So like I've got what I need. What I don't have is the well, the in-depth knowledge that I would have when I picked up a bow and shot it. So if I can find those people to educate me a little bit, and work me through that, like that will greatly benefit me in the future. And it shot show maybe not something that I benefit from this year and I don't go back because it's expensive. Like ATA show, I can hop in a truck, drive, grab a hotel. I don't have a thousand bucks in the whole week 
counting food and everything. Mm-hmm. Shot show's different. Shot show, I've got several grand in already for hotels and flights and crap like that. Like it's not cheap when you're going and making a vacation with your wife and all this stuff too. So um shot show may not be always in my future, but yeah. Uh, if I was going to shot show, I'd look for a hotel out in Laughlin, which is about, I don't know, 45 minute hour drive away, get a hotel there and drive there. Cause the best part about being in Las Vegas or that area, there's no snow. So you can just drive out there and drive back and forth. It's all flat territory. It's nothing over the top, but you're going to find cheaper stuff there. You're in there's, there's hotels and casinos, but you're not staying, you're not spending the, the three or $400 a night on the hotel, on the strip. Yeah. It's not, it's, you can definitely spend like thousand bucks a night on something stupid but it, there's so many deal sites and stuff like that. If you're smart, you can get a, a hotel for 150 bucks a night, like in one of the casinos or something like that. Like, I think I've been to Vegas two other times and talk about driving. So funny story with, wasn't funny at the time. Flew out to Vegas for a John Jones UFC fight. Okay. He was supposed to fight in Vegas, had tickets, had a hotel booked right beside the fight where it was supposed to take place, get to Vegas. The fight gets moved to uh, Los Angeles. We had to buy new tickets. We had to rent a car. We had to drive there the day of the fight. And then I had to drive all the way home because we were stupid and didn't want to do that. So it made for a mess uh, during that time frame and made for a very long day. And I just assume never drive at Vegas ever again. I just assume walk wherever I go because that was it was 10 hours of driving to go to the UFC fight because five hours down, five hours back, everybody was asleep in the vehicle on the way home. And I was just trying to stay awake on those long, dreary, straight stretches with weird little solar panels on the sides of the road, everywhere you looked. Oh man, it is something I, when I used to live in Phoenix, my, my cousin was stationed there at the base there. So I went up there, I don't know, four or five times a year to hang out with him while he was stationed there before he got shipped out to Korea for, for a year. And, uh, yeah, that trip between Phoenix to all the way up there, like I got to the point where I had it down to a science, like I wouldn't leave Phoenix until like 10 o'clock at night. Cause the last stretch to getting through, um, good, not good year, but, uh, over through by Peoria and you're making your way up to get out of there to um, get up to the Mogollon Rim and such. If you, if you're still driving during the daylight time and it's rush hour, it's like it, it has an extra hour and a half, two hours of just stop and go traffic. So it was like, I told him, I was like, I'll probably be in town about two o'clock in the morning, just to be on the safe side. So it's a story was, I think it was uh, Christmas Eve of 2006 or 2007. I'm driving on up there and I'm going 80, 90 miles an hour in my truck. And all of a sudden, lights come up behind me. He's like, fuck, there's no way I'm going to talk myself out of this. And all of a sudden, he just flies right by me. Just zoom, just gone, just gone. So it's like, wow. I was like, my heart pumping and drilling, going. It's like, I, this, like, this, a ticket like this will get you, get your vehicle impounded and make your life a little more yeah. difficult. Yeah, especially if you're from out of town and stuff like that. And yeah. well, I was I was still in Arizona morning. at the time, but it's like you're, when you're out there, it's like you're literally in the middle of nowhere between there and when you get to, to Kingman. Yeah, so I've, I've never been to Arizona, but hopefully I can make it out there, maybe chase some elk or something. Oh, man, that would be the way to go. I want to go out there and go check out PSA, uh, PSE's factory down there in Tucson. You have AAE there in um, Flagstaff area. You got uh, – was it Ruger? Ruger over in Payson too. Yeah. So there's a, there's a lot of uh, companies all out there that you can that you that make the trip well, well worth it. And plus, it's absolutely gorgeous to drive down there, stuff like that. So it's like it's just one of those things where it's like you almost want to land in uh, 
fly into Albuquerque and just rent a vehicle so you can see all the sites because there's a route, there's a Highway 60. And I only recommend taking them with as a vehicle or a truck, but do not take a trailer down it or anything like that because the hills are ups and downs. You're talking 15% grades. And wow. if you're driving with a camper, you're gonna, you're, you're never going to let your foot off the, the brake. Cause hmm. it's like, cause it, bad things happen. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of spots on that highway that don't have guardrails. And when you look over the side, there's, there's dozens of cars, if not because they, they, they've lost control and they just launch right off there. And the state doesn't want a monkey with it trying to pull them out because you have to, you either have to bring in a crane or a helicopter to pull them out. So they, it's just a junkyard down there, probably hmm. a graveyard too. Cause um, it's yeah. bad things have happened. Yeah. I would imagine, I would be surprised like with the environmental implications of, oil and gasoline they would leave them there that's what you think too but man it's just way too expensive to bring them in there and drive them out there's a few spots where you can pull over and you can look down and you can see why they don't do it because at the bottom of the ravine it's like it's literally a pit hmm. so there's no way to come up from the underneath it to, or behind it coming through it it's like you're all wrapped in there so it, it is a uh it is a cluster but I think there's, they must find that, that there must not have any adverse reactions to it up there, or they must have, I, it's tough to say, things may have changed since I've been through that area, because I haven't lived in Phoenix since 2009, so, so they may have changed that to regulation there, but uh, that's one of the things that uh, you'll never see on there, it's like seeing somebody pulling with a camper or a, or a trailer or something like that, because you're going to be hating life, because if you don't have fresh brakes and you're pulling a trailer, you're, you're going to you'll eat it. Yeah, you'll eat, it, you'll eat them raw. And, and there's a, and there's that one point in time where they actually ha they've actually made it large enough where it's a rest area so you can stop and you can let your brakes cool down because you get so hot because you're just going down and going up and just going back and forth you don't want to you don't want to go too much faster than 55 because you'll you'll there's turns and stuff like that you go through everything it's a beautiful trip if you're on a bike oh that's what I was thinking like yeah. it sounds like a great place for a crotch rocket. Oh yeah, oh hundred percent. There's there's bikes that go all up and down and stuff like that. There's, I had a buddy of mine that years ago went down. He started in Globe, Arizona, and he did, he longboarded down and he longboarded for about seven or eight miles just on a longboard, just because it's that's that's that, that's how long the downhill track is. So a little risky, but he managed to pull it off and he's still alive. So he's still walking at two yeah. feet. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not a skateboarder or longboarder. So last time I was on one, I got a trip to the hospital with road rash from my head to my toes. So <laughs> I just said never get back on one. Yeah. Nope. I, I don't do a whole lot of things on, uh, that aren't in four wheels or have at least have a roll cage. <laughs> well, I have to plug my phone in a little bit. It's done quick. Yeah, that is the thing about you uh, Instagram streaming on there. It does eat up your battery quite quickly. But we've had a lot of people come through and swing by and say hi, and we and so that's which is always pretty cool. And hopefully, while you're out there, you guys you can check out uh, what is it? Who's going to be out there? I know uh, the Bow Hitch is going to be out there. You also have uh, Bow Spider is going to be out there. I mean, pretty much anybody that's anybody out there is going to be there. And it's like those would be two cool guys to have a, sit down and have a conversation with. Armando is a great dude. Both of them have been on my podcast. But those goes to be guys that like, hey, like uh, right now, Mondo is doing a uh, pay it forward or a random act of kindness, and maybe he could possibly see if you want to put a bow hitch on your on that bow you're giving away. I don't know. Well, actually, no, that's ATA. I'm not sure if he's going to be out there for the Great American uh, Show there. Yeah, I remember talking to him uh, last, not well, I don't think it was last year, but year before last at the ATA show. And that's where I first met him. Nice guy, nice product and stuff like that. So 
it'd be interesting to see where that company's at today. Well, he's actually going to be debuting a product there. I can't talk about it because it's like he sent me one. I can't talk because we're live right now, but we can talk about one and shut everything off. But he's going to be debuting a product out there that he sent me to try out and such. And it's a dual purpose product, which is pretty badass. And uh, it's going to be perfect. It's going to be fitting for it. But he's not going to be a a shot show because he's like, it's like 1500 bucks for prorated rate for like the first two years. And after that goes up to $3,000 for a shot show booth. And it's like, it's pretty expensive. Yeah, it's not. I mean, if you don't have an extensive product line that you're expecting to be put inside of a lot of retail shops, like it's not really worth it. Oh, yeah, exactly. Then also a new new thing to the podcast, like I'm, I'm wearing a Lakewood shirt. I've been uh, I recently. So back uh, it was I think it's October. The Lakewood opened up their applications to accepting for their ambassador program. So it's like I had my buddy, myself, Baranowski, and then uh, Doc, they both say, hey, you should go and apply for this. I was like, sure, okay. I put it in there, put all my prereqs in there and everything I've been doing, all my accomplishments, and put on my link tree. So this way they, it's a great way to find all my sponsors and all my social medias to be able to get a hold of me and find my stuff. And then in December, I got found out that I got approved. Great. So Congrats. yes, which is pretty sweet. I'm really excited about it. So. Um, I got some new gear, some new swag and stuff like that. I've been using Lakewood products for a couple of years now. So I, I bought their product before I got the ambassadorship and their product is just phenomenal for it. I really like their boat cases. I have two of them. I have one that's a, their 46 inch double boat case. Yep. And, the, and the reason why I want that big is that, well, A, I have a, a, 30, or a 34 axle axle bow. But then again, when I go out hunting or anything, I can put everything into one bag. So I can put my hunting clothes in there. I can put my boots in there, my binos in there, the whole nine. And then uh, I got um, Rut Holsters, which I need to have him on my podcast. He makes uh, Molly Holsters and stuff like that. And I throw mm-hmm. my pistol in there the whole nine because oh, when you're hunting in Wisconsin, you never know when you have a bear come on to you. Like uh, I was telling you that I had a where I was hunting, not even 40 yards, a few days later, Mama Bear and Two Cubs come strolling through right by my camera. I was like, well, good thing I carried a gun because it's like I got the uh, – I actually grabbed my um, – my wife's magazine, it's a uh, 21 round. So it's like, well, if I'm going to die, I'm going to, I'm going to go down shooting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, most of the times like the bear encounters that I've had that were sketchy were usually a young boar, like two, three year old boar, like even sows with cubs, like they'll let you know they're there. They'll pop jaws and act a fool, but mm-hmm. their goal was always to get their cubs away. Yeah, exactly. Uh, That's my yeah. always thoughts too. And yeah. we there's also wolves and, and and big cats as well. So it's but there's always a side thing because you never know how a mama uh, is gonna act when there's somebody in the area there. Did did I ever? Do you ever see that video from Brian Austin with uh, he had a a super sow where he had a sow and five cubs come walking down? No. Yeah. So you if you go on, if you go on his uh, on. Uh, Get fit, or I think it's Beast Mode Outdoors. If you go to his Instagram or my Instagram, I it has a video of him up in a saddle on public land, where he's just up there, and all of a sudden he just hears his. You could hear it clear as day. He's sitting there up in tree stand, twenty feet, or not tree stand, but a, a, a tree saddle, and all of a sudden here comes Mama and five cubs. It's like a parade coming through, kicking all the all the uh, the. Uh, leaves around stuff like that. So it's like, it's pretty much needless to say, it's like your hunt's pretty much done. Cause I don't think any deer are going to be walking around after they smell all of that. Nah, that deer pretty much will steer, steer pretty clear of them. Mm-hmm. Like I, I give you an example. I was hunting this deer. We called it ended up getting the name dagger. Cause he ended up getting this weird little kicker. Come, actually I've got a shed to him laying up here somewhere. Um, 
Yeah, he was beautiful, mid-130s, 10-point. He's coming down the hill. I'm I'm 40 yards from him. He's facing me. He's right behind a doe, and you hear ch 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 I'm like, what the heck is that? Turn around. There's a bear down the hill, like 60 yards, and he's going away. Well, that deer just stops, and he's watching. He just backs up, walks away. I never got a chance to kill that deer. I hunted that deer for like six more years. Crazy buck that was just way smarter than I was, but I watched that bear walk. I, uh, the deer ran away. I watched the bear walk down the hill. I got my grunt tube out and I go, bleh, bleh. I got that bear's attention. I hit it again. That bear walks for 99 yards. I can still remember hitting him with a Bushnell rangefinder. And he goes, <laughs> all the way to the baseline stand. And I shot him at 20 yards. Like I may be the very, like the only person you ever have on a podcast that say, I said that I grunted in, took a deer grunt, a buck grunt. And I grunted in a bear to the base of my tree. He was so pissed off. Like you could hear every step, every breath. <laughs> and he got to 20 yards and I drilled him. The first bear I ever killed. Oh, oh so, you had a, so did you have a bear and a, a buck tag? Yeah. So West Virginia, you can kill two bears in multiple counties for only 10 bucks if you're a resident. Oh. It's one tag. You can kill, kill up to two bears. Uh, and it's really cheap. Now, if you're non-resident, it's a couple hundred bucks, but we have a bunch of them. I think in that general area, I think I'd killed four bear with a bow. And usually always during November, during the rut, if you got an acorn crop, because they're just, it's a big acorn flat. So a lot of animals funnel through there and that they'll come in and shoot one. They're delicious. I would much rather eat a 200 pound black bear than I would a deer because their meat's just a little bit a little bit fattier and stuff like that, and you prepare it well, it's tender. I love it. I, mm-hmm. I just haven't killed one in several years. Oh, man, that would be, be a fun trip right there. You, you fill your bear tag, you fill your, your buck tag on one set. You couldn't ask for a better day. It would have been if that buck would have not walked away. Oh, man. But that would have been, been sweet. Yeah, that buck taught me a lot through the years. Of, like, I don't even know what happened to him. Nope. Man, I keep dropping this, but. You got to get yourself one of those little tripods that uh... I do. I do. I, I had to stop and I got the charger in the base of it. So it makes it uneven and every little time it falls, but I just pulled a charger out, but mm-hmm. that buck taught me a lot. Uh, coolest thing I'd hunted. I, it's near changed locations. He went from one point down the holler up into another drain. And I, I finally put a pattern on him. I was like, I'm going in to kill him. I hunt the morning, nothing. I walked back to the four-wheeler for lunch and at that because I wasn't sitting all day at that time. And I go back to the four-wheeler, and this deer is bedded down looking at the four-wheeler. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't hunt a deer that's smarter than me. Like, I get it. Like, some deer, like, we give too much credit. But, like, this deer let me walk all the way by him while he's bedded down looking at the four-wheeler. As soon as I get to the four-wheeler, he goes, gone. And he run directly underneath my tree stand by my camera away from me. And I never laid eyes on him again. Isn't that something, man. And that was, that was probably three years after that encounter with him on the other side of the ridge, other side of the mountain. Isn't that something, man. So now are you, you still got a buck tag for Ohio. Yeah. So West Virginia season has ended except for the urban archery hunt. I could still go up there and whack a couple of does and stuff like that. But, uh, that, I might do that, but my buck tag in Ohio is yet to be filled. And unless there's something on camera tonight, I do not have a mature buck on camera. Oh, I've I had gotcha. tons of three and a half year old bucks this year. that are going to be great bucks. 
the only big mature buck that I've had on multiple properties that we've been running cameras on uh, got killed first part of November and he ended up being way bigger than I realized he was or I would have tried to hunt him earlier in the season. Okay. Those bucks that just he looked great, but I'm like, man, that deer could blow up next year. He's got six points over here on this side and four or five on the le- on the other side. I thought he's probably 140s now. He was way bigger than that. So did you know the guy that shot it? I so funny story. I did not know the individual that shot him because I didn't know it was dead until I was at a we call it care groups, like small group for a church setting. And one of the one of the couples there she's I'm friends with. This girl, she shows me a picture of her dad with this big old buck that he killed. I'm like, she pulls that deer out and she's all excited. And I, and she just broke my heart. And I said, he killed my buck. I was like, <laughs> where does he live? Cause like, no, I didn't know anybody else. I didn't know anybody that I didn't know hunted in that area. And come to find out, he just lives like on the other side of the property. Just, I don't know, 500 yards away, straight line. And that buck basically came right back down into to where up behind his house where he lived at, and he shot it, the biggest buck he's ever killed. And there's been nothing come through that property since. Like I don't know what's up with it. Oh so. man, it's it's kind of str- it's always it's always fun to, to like when when a property goes silent because I have a I have a, a a trail camera setting up in in northern oh just about two hours north of here and i've had zero hits on it i even put out a mock scrape using my buddy's uh, lucky seven cents and i and i hit it, it hit a couple times in the rut but it's been dead the camera has not had any activity for it and um every once in a while i get a random picture of just nothing so it's like well the bears didn't eat it so that's a win turned into yeah, I mean, i'm getting photos i'm getting tons of deer like in west virginia i've probably had four solid shooters on camera this year just mm-hmm. couldn't get down there to capitalize on it due to work. Yeah. Um, I was working a, like a rotational schedule and we'd be on a week off a week and get a time, get some time off. And then during the rut, I got sick. I stayed sick for like three or four weeks and just didn't Ooh. get the hunt. Man, you got sick for that long, man. That sucks. You get walking yeah. pneumonia or something. I don't know. Like I went and got a COVID test. Wasn't COVID. Didn't have pneumonia. Didn't have a strip. And it was one of those I wasn't sick enough that I couldn't get out and do stuff, but as soon as I would get up, I'd start coughing and I'm like, I can't get out in the, in the woods. So I spent a few days on the couch, but other than that, like I wasn't dying. I was just too sick to go out and hunt and enjoy that hunt. Cause as soon as I get in the cold weather, as soon as I'd start getting active, I'd start coughing and stuff. And it just, and it lingered on for like three or four weeks and, and like really annoying cough too. Cause it just wouldn't go away. And finally it subsided. And uh, I was able to get a little bit of time to hunt, and uh, my bonus son was able to kill that buck in Ohio. Yeah, that's pretty fantastic. You know, you you, you got meat in the freezer, so it's not like you, it's not a necessity to put meat in the freezer. Oh yeah, I mean, my bonus son's give, keeping us fed. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. So now, uh, does your wife uh, like venison too? No, she just assumed never eat meat. Um, She'll eat it occasionally, but at the end of the day, like if I make it and there's nothing else to eat, she'll eat it, but she's not going to ask for it ever. Um, so, but he loves it. I love it. I love to share it with friends and stuff like that. We had Christmas party here the other day and I was able to take, so I killed a wild boar. Uh, I did do that. Yeah. I saw that on your face, on your Instagram feed. So I make, when I'm doing tacos, I'll take a, a two to one mixture with, um, venison burger and then the other part, and the half of it will be wild boar sausage. Ooh, and I'll yum. cook those separate, 
mix it together, and this de- makes for delicious tacos because you don't have to season the sausage. The sausage is already seasoned. Yeah. You season your uh, venison um, burger with regular taco seasoning, and then you mix in whatever kind of sauce and stuff like that you want to go on with a taco. But, man, it, it always turns out great. So I got to share that with some friends and stuff like that. So anytime I get a chance, I love to do that. Oh, definitely. I this this was the only year I didn't actually prepare because usually for um, New Year's Eve I usually do a, a game feed, and my mm-hmm. smoker quit on me here back at Thanksgiving. I was doing uh-huh. I was eight hours in on a prime or uh, not prime rib but uh, brisket, and it quit on me. So after doing some troubleshooting, we figured out it's the mm-hmm. the control the control panel of it. But my wife didn't want me to prepare anything like that because I had to tear all apart. Not like I couldn't have, but I normally always do that. But I was getting I'm getting I haven't I haven't got a doe or deer this year, so it's like I I kind of I had to be a little stingy with it, so I didn't prepare a uh, deer meat. So because I also got, I'm doing um in July because uh, HHA just released their their schedule. So July 7th through the 9th is the Toma Warren shoot here in Wisconsin. That's my it's my home club, but that Friday is I usually put on a whole spread. And last year I fed 11 guys, 12 guys. And so this year I'm hoping to hit like 15, 16 guys to feed them all and stuff like that. So I have some friends of mine coming in from Sioux Falls to to shoot the the, the event too, just because it's close. And then we're also going to go do a uh, mountain archery fest. Really? So yeah, yeah. I, would, I would love to get into some of the mountain archery, the tax stuff. Well, if you can fly into lacrosse and you can just ride with me the rest of the way. There you go. Because that's why that, because uh, it's going to be a group of four of us. We already got the hotel booked. The hotel is already booked, paid for. So that's the best part. And it's only like five, six miles away from it. We're going to Beaver, Utah. It's going to be gorgeous. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's a, a it's 22 hour drive one way for me, but I'm going to, I'm going to take off that Thursday night. We're gonna. I'm gonna drive to Sioux Falls, hang out with the guys there. We're gonna leave at like three or four o'clock in the morning, and then make that leapfrog all the way out to Utah from there, driving through uh, Colorado and stuff like that, all the way down there. That's a long trip, buddy. But at oh, least yeah. you got people to share it with. Like trying to do a solo. Like I drove out to Montana one year, and it and you just get your own schedule. Like I'm not the type of person. It's like I'm gonna do it all in one day. I'm just gonna drive until I'm tired, chill out, take a break drive some more so like those long trips are rough oh yeah dude well, especially on top of that too you get you get an owi for that too here in, in wisconsin minnesota iowa yeah really? yeah because it's like if you're driving if you're at like 16 17 if you're more than 12 hours of uh, driving you can you can you can get charged with that that's why uh big rigs they have those uh governor those um computer shutoffs stuff like that yeah. where they'll shut your rig down so this way you don't have those issues because there be yeah, people so, out there getting spun out on methamphetamines or some type of uh, an, a, uh, an upper, and they'll pull in 16, 18 hours. Like Tracy Morgan, the guy that, sh- that, guy that hit him, 16 hours on the road. How yeah, he managed yeah. to do it over in, the, over in New Jersey, I, it, it beats me. But, man, that, that messed Tracy Morgan's life up big time. Oh, absolutely. I just It's funny. I was just listening to one of his stand-ups, so like a little small clip of it um, yesterday. Or this morning, maybe even. Uh huh. So yeah, that's going to be in June. If you want the details, man, and you can book everything from there. You can fly if you fly out to uh, Rochester or Lacrosse or whatever, and 
come on out. You can you can ride with me. So this way we could first four hours or four, yeah first four hour five hours excuse me. You'll ha- I'll have somebody with me. Then I'll introduce you to all these guys and you'll have we're, we're going to be doing a podcast on the way out. We're gonna probably gonna record several podcasts on the way out there. My buddy Ben, he's from Sodak Horizon. He's bringing his camera out there. I'm bringing my camera out there too. So it's gonna be a big media frenzy too. You know, we're also gonna hang out with um, the the gentleman that created. Mountain Archery Fest too as well. We're going to get him on the podcast, so uh, it's going to be it's going to be a fun trip. That sounds pretty good, man. Like, like probably not going to be able to make plans to do that this year um, because I'm I'm part I'm working for myself right now. But like the goal was to go back to work. Like I don't think right now like the money that I'm making doesn't match the lifestyle that I want. So like I need a, another income because uh, I'm used to that. Um, but like I plan on going back to work, but I'm a terrible passenger cause I sleep the whole time. <laughs> like I'm the, I'm the worst passenger cause I'm like 30 minutes into it. I'm like nodding my head and I'm done. Oh, yeah. like, I can sleep all day long in the vehicle. If it's moving, I'm still like a little kid. <laughs> That's the best part too. Especially, well, I'm a good driver, so I could play. I, I've I've driven where I've had a, a complete vehicle full of people and all three of them are passed out. No, that, that, that's me. Like I can either be the driver or I can be the sleeper. Either <laughs> There's not much in between. Man. So you, it sounds like we're going to have a really busy fun year. Cause I mean, I got all the shoots. We're, we're got that going on the R 100. They got two events yeah. in July, I believe, or is it June? Cause they got the, cause Reinhardt's based here in Wisconsin. So they're going to have their R 100 in Sparta, which is 10 miles away from me, which is great, easy drive. And then I also have the R100 in Iowa. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to do that because I think I have a conflicting with that. But I got uh, a bunch of things on my plate this year. Just going to be another. Last year was a lot of fun. This year's going to be even better. My wife wants to plan a trip to incorporate archery when we go there because with um, being being a brand ambassador for Lakewood, it's like, well, why not do something with archery and just have some fun with it? Because my daughter shoots, and it would be just a good thing. We took her to the R100. So Miles will do it again. But we have um, – it's the, the thing that's just unfortunate is that Bowfest is their big country music slash uh, archery thing. Yeah. They only really have a bunch of big vendors in, but it's also the same week of Beast Mode Archery where it's like you're, you're it's uh, extremely challenging where you're going up and down the bluffs and stuff like that, shooting. So I had a blast last year. We, my, me and my buddy, we did it. We used our morning, our day started off at four o'clock in the morning. We didn't get home. I didn't, we didn't get home until one o'clock because we stayed after and do a after dark shoot. And so it's like you there's no uh, you couldn't there's no lights on the course. You can only use your flashlight to illuminate the target, and that's it. And then you had to dial it all in and stuff like that, and try to hopefully hit it. And so we had a it was an absolute blast. And it was uh, it had a it's a scramble, so you don't know who your partner is going to be. And then uh, first two positions pay out. I think the first team that took first place, they got a, some, a set of vector arrows. And then, then they get, then after that was cash payout. So it was still, oh man, it was a blast, but I'll tell you what, that's like, we, we, we got our asses kicked. Even first form was there too, as well. So that was, that was really nice. They were, they weren't even sponsored. They were, they were, they were invited. They drove all the way up there with their big old, I don't even, it's like an F650, just absolute massive right. of a tank. And that's what they use for promotions. And Jake from First Form, he's going to be on the podcast too. I've talked to him a few times since then. And he's just a, a wealth of knowledge, a great human being. So he started, I think he started his own podcast too, but he has uh, First Form Outdoors. And he started that up and didn't know if he's going to get permission from it. He's been on a few podcasts so far, but he, every time I listen to him, it's like he's just 
got this aura about him where you just want to sit down and just listen to him talk because he's just a wealth of it. He's a local Wisconsin boy too. There's a lot of good things that's come from Wisconsin through the years in the hunting industry. Oh, definitely. Especially my little mecca of the run. We have Predator Camel. We have Tacticam. We have uh, um, Nose Jammer. That's just that's just a few of them here. We have SS Strings here locally. Then we have A3 Archery Strings. They're only, I don't know, about an hour drive from me. And it's not a, it's not an easy drive, too. It's like it's twist turns, ups and downs. It's it's just but absolutely beautiful bluff country. <laughs> I know at the, uh, Brent is going to be out there at uh, uh, a, a, um ATA show as well. Yeah. He'd be a fun guy to talk to as well about too and stuff like because he's he's only been in the business for three years and everybody shoots his strings. Anybody that's anybody in the archery world shoots his strings because the way he d- developed his process is just remarkable. Then you also have uh, Bloodline, uh, they make their their additive to the strings, stuff like that. So this way they makes them waxless so you don't have to worry about waxing them. Huh. Yeah. Oh, just it, it's just an interesting guy. Yeah, sounds like it. So, yeah. anyways, man, we've we've talked a lot of conversation. We're we're a little over an hour and a half into the whole process here. I want to say thank you for everybody tuning in on Instagram and YouTube and and everything. And make sure you go and follow our pages and subscribe and open up a tab and just stream our content in the background until I hit four thousand five hundred hours. Hey, I'm working from home now, bud. So I might as well just tune into the channel and get all those hours for you. How's that? There we go. Yeah, that's what I do too. I might as well do that too. Cause like the unique thing about YouTube is you can have your channel logged in, but you can have your channels being streamed on multiple devices. Cause the way YouTube works is they, they count per device. So you could be streaming. I could be streaming YouTube on my cell phone, on my laptop, on my other laptop, on my TV. And it all counts towards that overall end goal. There you go. Start making money. You cook your own books. It's just just getting the subscribers is the tricky part. And all those trips that you're getting ready to take, those are all tax deductions. All that, all those mileage write-offs and all those Mm -hmm. hotels. Like that's the cool part about turning something that you enjoy and is a very expensive hobby into a business because it's all tax deductions. That's exactly right. So anyways, Cameron, give us, give us some details. Anything we missed? No, nah, man, I've got a fun year ahead of me. Um, got a lot going on. I'm looking forward to the growth. Probably the biggest thing we didn't talk about is Bucks, Bulls, and Bears. Oh, that's the one. Yeah, you mentioned it. So let's wrap it up with Bucks, Bulls, and Bears. So Bucks, Bulls, and Bears was owned by Bernie Berenger, and he's an outdoor writer. Okay. Uh, he was getting up there in age, and I reached out to him this year, and just so happened he was interested in selling it. So what I bought was an outdated website, but it's an email newsletter that contains like educational information, entertainment value and things like that for just the hunting community. So I've added a lot to that. I've got a large email list, like 400,000 subscribers. Wow. That's amazing. It's a huge asset to have for a business owner, but it's very costly to maintain. It costs me a lot of money each month to do. That's one reason why I quit my job just so I can get enough sponsorship because I don't have none of that stuff transferred over. Um, But what I've been able to do with this email newsletter is basically just build some entertainment, provide some educational content as well, um, have a subject in line, like for the time of season, time of year, base that content on that product, uh, I've had a lot of success with it. I mean, I'm still growing it. It's not been like the primary focus, 
but I'm really looking forward to what I can do with that and in different channels as well. Um, so that's going to be a major focus for me just so I can make enough money with that email uh, newsletter to pay for itself. Like it doesn't have to be profitable because I can market hunting gear deals through that as another advertising stream, but I do need to break even. So that's one of my biggest reasons this year is for stepping away from the day job to land enough advertising and networking skills through the next couple of months to see if I can make this work. I can always put a hold on that and stop the expenses from coming. But at the end of the day, like it's a fun thing. It's not one of those situations where you get spam, like hunting gear deals. Like I got to be careful with it because I'm sending out an email each and every day. And I try to slow that down as a deal slow, like instead of doing it seven days a week, I might cut it down to four days a week um, on the off season because the deals just aren't as good. Uh, but with this one here, I can be really detailed. I can go into depth. Like one of the cool things that I want to do is incorporate podcast episodes into it. So if I have a subject for that week, um, maybe it's um, buck beds or something like that, five or six different podcast episodes or blogs de devoted to hunting around or scouting buck beds and stuff like that. So, so as that a way was, that, was part of that email you sent me then was, was exactly. scheduling stuff. Okay. I, I, all right. Cause it's like, it was beautifully worded and stuff like that, but it's like, I wasn't quite sure what the clear message is like, well, fuck, we need to talk about this. Cause ATA is coming up. It's like, yeah. like, that's why I want, that's why like, when do you want to do this? Cause it's like, you're the first podcast I've had on for, for first guest in six weeks. Really? <sighs> yeah. Uh, Thanksgiving. Oh, Thanksgiving was, uh, let's see here. My last one was, it was Stuart Holmes which was a fantastic podcast and it was a great, great guest. But then my, my, my father-in-law got sick. We were down with that for a week. And then I just haven't been in the mood for it. Then holidays hit. And so I've just kind of taken it, put the podcast on a back burner, but you know, I got to get back in the, in the string of things. Cause otherwise you, you get too long into your laziness and it becomes a comfort zone and a habit. You got to break it. So I got myself some work to do. So when we're done with this, I can start programming and doing that. Cause my biggest thing is like, is getting those constant posts. And it's like, I got to do the same thing. I got to, I got to maintain that discipline and I got to do like uh, what a lot of the, a lot of the greats do is schedule this stuff out and organize your days. So this way you spend like at three o'clock in the afternoon and you, you, this way it's like you're, you could be distracted, but that alarm goes off. It's like I need to, need to schedule a post. Yeah. So like the good thing with like business suites and stuff like that, you can do that, but like Instagram and unless you figured it out, like I can't figure out how to schedule stuff through Instagram. So you can't even, even some of the outside programs that are available to scam, you can't either. Cause it's like they'll, they'll get, they'll, put in a queue and you have to go in and initiate it all yourself so exactly like i think you got it's it there but it's still you got to go and push the button yeah and i think that's the reason why they do it because i mean all apps want your eyes in that app so this way they can you can spend as much time as possible in there because you need to get their ad revenue and such and how everything has been moving towards tiktok and stuff like that we're starting to see the like facebook is now the myspace uh instagram is now the facebook and then you got Snapchat, which is uh, the Vine, which is going to eventually die. But you never know. We just heard that uh, um, Twitter CEO Elon Musk is thinking about bringing back uh, Vine, too, as well, to compete really? with TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, there's always room for more. I wish we, and as a hunting community, had a better platform that doesn't censor us. Mm -hmm. I thought last year uh, that Jack tagged their their stuff the way they talk like that was going to be the platform that helped us uh, go wild's been good but it's still just not caught on within the community enough 
because you still want to have the the reach of non-hunting communities and mm-hmm. news and stuff like that. So like we're really kind of in a in a bind and we just keep losing and losing and losing a little more, more ground. So until our hunting community has a resource that we can use for socializing, like a, a Facebook or Instagram at that level, mm-hmm. it's it makes it just more difficult every year. Yeah, and at least the nice thing is with Twitter, we're starting to see these censorship starting to lighten up because I know, uh, uh, who was it? I think if, 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 if it's correct, Don Jr., D- Trump Jr. is the CEO of Twitter. I'm not sure if that's true or not, but uh, really? yeah, so it's like, but they're, they're starting to bring back, I mean, Twitter gave, or uh, Elon gave Trump his his uh, um, his Twitter handle thing, but gave him back his Twitter handle. And he started giving and he started giving back all of the conservative con- content creators. So we're starting to see Twitter become a free market again, or a a nice um, what's the word I'm looking for a, a, a town square for people to start talking and stuff like that again and start getting this information because now we're going to start seeing all of the 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 opinions and other practitioners that have been silenced because of all of what's been going on. And we're starting to see the part, the beginning of the grand awakening. Cause I don't know about you, but church attendances have been going up. Yeah. So that's my bonus son. He just got home from church. They got their youth group and stuff like that. So I'm going to check and see how that went tonight. But my Twitter usage is 10x probably since Elon Musk bought it. I didn't use Twitter at all, but, and I don't post on it. I just, go there for information now because it's got a little bit more freedom of speech mm-hmm. so. yeah you're able to get you're able to get all versions you get ap you can get the 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 the, the false the fake news and you also get uh, crowdsourced information where people are like they're on scene in in the areas that we're supposed to be at war with in the whole process yeah. yeah i mean it's good to see both sides of it i mean there's rights and wrongs and all of it but oh yeah, yeah but I, as long as it be even Oh, definitely. And then the biggest thing is like, it's interesting watching like our, our, the bigger mouthpiece, like, uh, uh, was it Andrew Tate? Cause he's on, he's been creating this whole, it's like, he's bringing, trying to bring back the testosterone filled men again and, uh, talk about taking care of yourself and becoming better. And then he got, he got arrested this week, but he got all it was, he just got swatted. But see, the thing is that he understands that the, in, in the, in the real world and by when we play by certain people's rules, this, he is, uh, Gonna, it, all, if they want to arrest him, they'll figure out a way to trump him up on charges. Like I was watching a a, or a, a gal on TikTok. Dude, she was talking about her and her husband. They own a, a real estate company out in California, out, out west someplace. And they're they're working with Amazon, and they're trying to they're going to be closing a hundred million dollar deal. Well, Amazon was trying to get out of it, so they're basically trying to buy a felony from the FBI. Wow. Yeah, so they're, they're, that's 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 the game they're playing. So we, at least we understand that we it's a very rigged game in our in our in our in a sense. But she's gone on like now since the lawsuits all been taken care of and such, they're talking about it now and they're talking about how they're trying to get screwed out of it. And it's basically the only way they Amazon get out is unless the the company was able to the CEO or whatever got a felony and. Yeah, it, it fell through. And it, but the thing is, like Amazon, some of their biggest execs are FBI agents. Did not know that. Did yeah. not know that. And, and and the and Amazon has some of the biggest. Uh, so I'm looking for some of the biggest server farms that own a lot of data and stuff like that too. So they they're big incorporated. And also, what was that? I was listening to Joey Diaz on Joe Rogan, and he was talking like Joey Diaz has a friend of his that he's being arrested because of stuff being said over his Alexa. 
and his echo and stuff like that. Yeah. Because they're spying devices. They're, they're, it's Big Brother. It's oh, fine sure. to sell. But he's, what are, he didn't list a case or whatever may be happening. But yeah, he's going to jail. Wow. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, I'm thankful I don't have one in my home. Yeah. But I do I, have this fancy phone that I feel like watches me all the time. It does. I, at least with, um, Samsung, you can go in and you can, you can go into developer mode and you could turn on a system, a, a, a service on there where you can, uh, what's it called? Sensors off. And what it does is it shuts off everything, it shuts off microphones. It shuts off the camera and stuff like that. So it's like, if I make a, if I go to make a phone call and then that's on, I can't place a phone call. I have to turn that off. So this way Verizon can listen to me. Hmm. Crazy world we live in, man. Oh yeah, definitely. There's there's a couple people on YouTube. It's uh, it's uh, tech savvy. I can't remember his handle name on YouTube, but he got tons of content out there. But he teaches you how to use your phone and like how to clean up the cache and and all different things that you wouldn't know how to do. But it's a a tutorial guide. They're only I don't know thirty seconds to a minute long. Hmm. Great tech tips and stuff like that. So, anyways, yeah. my friend, that's congratulations on getting bucks bulls and bears and turning that into a money-making machine for you. Yeah. Let's hope, uh, let's hope it turns into a money-making machine. <laughs> <laughs> and the best part is all of our, all of our podcasting gear, like all the friends that I have, we have trackable matrices. So it's like when you start asking for us to develop content, we'll be able to provide you those matrices until let you know, like, Hey, this is what we're seeing from this to be able to provide you an insight for it. It's like, so how's it doing for your podcast? How's it doing for this one? And so on and so forth. Yeah, and I can I can track clicks directly through the email server. So like Very when true. I go in, I can see exactly where people are going, and it, it's surprising how much outbound traffic that it actually gets. I mean, right now, like there's a hundred thousand people seeing every email that I send out. Oh, because you're awesome. open. Yeah, your open rates aren't. They're never going to be a hundred percent because, but that's part of it. But yeah, we're consistently at twenty five percent mark, and for this industry, like this is a strong asset for within the industry. Oh man, exactly, dude. Well, it was always a fun chat with you, Cam. So, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Check me out at huntinggeardeals.com. There you go, guys, and find him on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. Oh, you're not on TikTok, are you? I, I don't have a business TikTok yet, so okay. like I, I might get that one day. Catch up. I'm usually no. late. Yeah. What about uh, Twitter? You said you've been using it. Do I, you have Twitter? I do. Or? I think it's like Deer Deal or Deer Deals or something like that. Uh, should be. Able, it'll have the same kind of icon as like Instagram and stuff like that. It'll have definitely. And as uh, always, those who are on on YouTube, I will be posting the uh, his channel in the in in the in the chapter uh, tile on there, so you can click on it and go over to his uh, content as well. And also put the huntinggeardeals.com in. I think it's actually in my link tree now. I believe I put it back in there so this way uh, people can go on to it. I, I think it is. I know I've been, made some additions to it. I even got uh, uh, Turning Feral. That this huh. is this is an, uh, this is a author, my first author on the podcast, published hardbound, and his name is Zachary Craig Hansen, and he is out of Oda, uh, Idaho, and we talk about um, his journey through it, and his book represents a lot of that too. But his book is in my uh, uh, link tree as well, so you can go buy a copy of his book. So it'd be fantastic if you go support him, go support Cameron, and everybody else that supports my podcast, such as Lakewood Case. I do have a. Um, code for free shipping so that's that'll be listed there as well and also go check out vip mountain man archery real people giving and obviously our, our good friends at hha usa 